Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Yeah, please now to welcome on one of our favorite guests to the program, Seth Greenberg, of course, ESPN's college basketball analyst, former two-time ACC Coach of the Year. Follow him on Twitter, on X, at Seth on Hoops. He was in studio yesterday as the Tigers get one of their their best second-half performances of the year against Wichita State. And I guess, Seth, let's just start there. When you take a look at this Tigers team, how do you think that they've been different than some of the other Penny Hardaway iterations? I think they have better chemistry. I think the ball has better energy. I think they share the ball. Uh, they're older. I mean, they have a maturity about them that uh, you, know, you, you get when you have seniors, 50 or 60-year seniors, guys that have understand that they're there to win, uh, not just play to play, not just to basically be on loan, but there to win. And uh, that's how they play. Uh, you know, it's funny because at halftime, you know, it was a close score yesterday. And yeah. I said, well, it's the cumulative effect of playing Memphis. It's not one possession. It's not the first four minutes. It's not the last four minutes of the first half. But eventually, you know, they get a, they get a run out of their defense and then they get off it, they get confidence offensively and then they just kind of get it going. Now, yesterday was ridiculous, to be honest with you. I mean, yesterday was an absolute show in the second half. Uh, was really, really impressive. But, uh, but overall, I mean, you can't help but just be impressed with them. In fact, I had a segment on our game day show where we had a little uh, start uh, bench or uh, or cut, and I, I started Memphis, uh, and I know they're. They turn it over a little more than I'd like, and they give up too many second shots. But they're ten and one in games decided in the last five minutes by four points or less. And in the NCAA tournament, with that kind of pressure, you got to execute, and uh, and they've been able to do that. You've seen a lot of Javon Quinterly throughout his career. Does this look like the best that he's playing? Without a doubt, it's not even close. Um, you know, now he he's not looking over his shoulder. I mean, yeah. you know, he's been to places where. He's, he's had freedom, but, you know, there's also been guys behind him pushing him, and I think he's playing with more confidence, but he's also making better decisions. The game slowed down for him. And, look, he, you know, he had a tough situation, obviously, with the ACL uh, and everything that happened with him when he started his career. He's seen a lot of basketball. He's played for great coaches, uh, and Penny's put him just in a really good posi- position. Now, you can see the relationship and the trust Penny has in him, and you can see the trust he has in, in coach. And that's the win-win of coaching is when you as a coach wants to want to empower your player and on the other hand, your player basically is taking in everything you're giving them. And that's to me what I'm seeing from him. Like, and the games, you know, you're going to go make a play, you know, all right, you know, make or miss, you're going to go make a play. Uh, whether you shoot it to make it for someone else, you're going to go make a play. Uh, you can see his voice 
when they when they when they huddle up, you know, Javon has a voice now. He knows this is his team in a lot of ways, but he's also got help. I mean, again, you know, I I think that this is the year of the senior team. You know, whether it's you know whether it's David Jones or whether it's Malcolm Dandridge, whether it's Javon, I mean, whether it's Naquan, but you can look all along the country. Mississippi State starts five seniors that they come in with a freshman who's very, very good. But if you look around the country all over college basketball, you see teams playing older teams that have a good kid. All these upsets, Michigan State loses to James Madison. James Madison starts five seniors. Mississippi State beats Tennessee. Mississippi State starts five, five seniors. You look at all these teams that are pulling off these upsets that we're going, you know, Northwestern beats Purdue. Purdue's yeah. got five seniors. So uh, these older teams make it fun because the guys are there. They want to be there. They're there for a reason. Uh, they've experienced it all, and they understand what it takes to win. You mentioned chemistry because uh, Mark's, Mark's uh, co-worker, Jason Munson, who's the beat writer here locally covering the Tigers, he had a story today that Jordan Brown, tried to apologize to the team on Friday, and he wants to come back. And as a coach, how do you handle that situation? Because it seems right now like the team wasn't super, super uh, I warm to that idea, but at the same time, the coaching staff, I think, believes that Jordan could could help them. How do you weigh, how do you weigh that type of decision? Because to me, when I watch this Tigers team, I'm like you. One thing that I like about them is they seem to be playing with pretty good chemistry right now. Is he coming back on his terms or, or the team's terms? Because, like, like, will that impact Nick Jardine's improvement? Yeah. Will that impact Malcolm Dandridge, who just does all the dirty work and, you know, you don't have to run a play for him. Uh, he's in incredible shape. I'm so impressed with Malcolm Dandridge. It's unbelievable. I think the roles are so clearly defined. Do you want to be a focal point of the team or do you just want to be a member of the team and, and you know, when you get an opportunity, you need to be ready to play? Or are you going to come back? And then realization, you know, are, are, are you coming back because we're winning and, we're, and everything's good and people are excited yeah. about Memphis basketball? I mean, I'm not there every day. I, I can't make those decisions. Those kids in the locker room, I'm sure, will be able to uh, communicate with Coach what they want. But history has a lot to do with it. I mean, like, he was the focal point of where he was before. But this is not. Is this his third school or his fourth school? Well, it depends. Okay, so <laughs> Nevada, Lafayette, and then I think he started somewhere before. I think Musk got him at Nevada before somewhere else. I think this is his fourth school. Yeah, he got. He, he was Arizona. Yes, yes. Yeah, I mean, so I mean, like we're looking for Shangri La. Well, Shangri La for this team probably is going to be about six to eight minutes a game. Yeah. Because Naquan's going to be on the floor, and Dandridge's going to be on the floor. And, yeah, would it be nice to have someone backing up what, in the front court? But, you know, I mean, Jordan's – I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yes, you are. Nailed it. Yeah. Uh, like, he's giving him good minutes, and he gives him some versatility, and he's a little bit different than Malcolm. So, I mean, it all depends on, you know, how much depth you really need. I mean, I've always liked eight, you know, a front court sub, a wing sub, and a, and a, and a backup at the point. Uh, now they're more positionless, uh, but they've got. It seems to me like they have a good thing going. Well, no, and I mean to me, that's always kind of been one of the the biggest frustrations when you watch a Penny Hardaway team is oftentimes he wants to play too many, and it's like when you cut it down to eight, like that's when I feel like this team really is at their best. And I, I kind of wanted to ask you about that. I think 
of all the additions that that Penny has made, and with all due respect to all the the talent, I think maybe one of the biggest additions he's made was to his staff. Like I feel like Rick Stansberry has has offered something in an assistant that we haven't seen with Penny. From your perspective, when you sometimes bring in an assistant like that, how much can that help? It can help. It like I mean, it can help as long as it, everyone's on the same page. I yeah. mean, look, Penny Hardaway. You know, Penny Hardaway had Larry Brown. You know, Penny Hardaway had to got Frank Keith. Those are good coaches. Yeah. But I think that this is. But, but having said that, this is Penny's team. Yeah. It's Penny's team, and he does. You know what? He's got a good feel for his team. I think probably Rick helped a little bit of get, getting him a little maybe more organized offensively at times. It yeah. Seems like they're a little more organized. Uh, Rick's also a great recruiter. Uh, He's a basketball lifer. Uh, he understands the geographic footprint, obviously from you know being a little bit up the road. Uh, so look, he's a good guy and a good coach, and I'm sure it helps. Uh, you know, to some extent, for sure it helps. Uh, but in the end, you know, I, I think that one thing I, I, I've been impressed, and I, you know, some people Memphis, oh, you don't like Memphis. No, no. Here's the deal. I, I did the Memphis UConn game, sitting with Penny before the game, and talking about just talking ball. Like that was that was I think his first year or second year when like he was a little bit set back on how the kids, uh, the players didn't weren't in love with the game the way he was in love with the game. Yeah, I mean he, he's a basketball junkie. He loves the game. He loves being in the gym. He loves everything about it. He knows the history of the game, and I think he's got a group of guys that get lost in the game because he's lost in the game. I mean that's just. The way it is, he might have been, you know, a little penny, and he might have been the greatest player, which he was. And but you know, in the end, he's just a dude that loves ball. I mean, really, that, that's my, my my take. And I've stayed in contact with him. My take has been, here's a guy that's just, you know, he doesn't have to be in the gym. He he loves being in the gym. He loves being around the game. He loves impacting other people and building a bridge. So yeah, having coaches that can assist him, I'm sure that's important. But. And it, and it's great. I mean, you're only as good as your staff. But uh, I don't want you know people to say, well, you know, Rick says well, it's the reason that they're playing that way. I think their reason they're playing that way is because he's got maybe less elite talent, but a better team. Yeah. No, I I, I think you nailed it. And please please never change. Is one thing I always have loved about you is whenever I'm watching you, it's like I know I'm getting his opinion. Like I don't have to like it. I don't have to agree with it. I'm getting his opinion. And to me, like that's. That's what I want from my analysts. But I also wanted to ask you this because you're watching more, you know, more of the sport in its totality. The league, obviously, without Houston, that's that's a big loss. Since, you know, I mean, that, that you you lose your bell cow. Cincinnati, who hadn't been playing great basketball the last couple of years, but still, it's a loss. And then you see UCF gets their big win uh, against Kansas. But when you look at this league especially with kind of the up-and-down nature of FAU. Is it possible this is a situation where the Tigers are going to have to win the league to make sure they no, get in the tournament? No, no, I don't think. They just can't have a bunch of bad losses. FAU's an NCAA tournament team. That went against Arizona. Yeah, they, The three games they lost, uh, you know, they turned it on. It's an amazing stat. They only assisted on .61 oh of their field goals and shot 27 from three-point line. And I think what's going to happen, I, I call it the Final Four hangover, uh, they handled it really well. Then Nick Boyd got hurt, and they were still playing pretty well. He came back, and immersing him back in. You know, the Beach Boys have a lot of people pulling at him. Uh, it's a different league. 
Every time you change leagues, you know, you don't have a good a feel as good a feel on how you're gonna play against people, but it's been the non conference games that have, have gotten them. I mean, that's really what's gotten them. Those non conference games, those three losses, the you know, the head scratching games well, the one league, league lost to Charlotte, but Brian, Brian, uh, Florida Gulf Coast. Yeah, yeah, and he, and here's the deal. That's just you know you become a bigger game on everyone's schedule, and and there's a responsibility that goes with that. And when you haven't had that responsibility, when you weren't the biggest game on everyone's schedule, it's different, and it takes a while to you know as a coaching staff to get your guys to understand that. But it's hard for them to understand that when they're hanging banners and everyone's celebrating them and. Uh, there's more distractions, whether it's collective distractions where they got to make an appearance, or NIL distractions where you know they're trying to cut a deal to get you know free meals or whatever. I said this the other day, and I was actually saying on 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 our game day show, but we went in another direction in our opening conversation. Is the young players today, especially guys that think they're pros and everyone thinks they're pros, uh, it's a workout guru. It's an AAU coach. Yeah. It's uh, the collective. It's trying to get an NIL. It's parental pressure. It's the pull of the league. Uh, it's, edu- it's school. And then, oh, by the way, we're trying to win. So let me ask you, of the first five things I said, do you think those that group of people is more, con- more interested in winning or that player who they're mentoring or coaching or workouting or grassroots or that guy getting off so that he can get to the league? That would be the, uh, the second. Yeah, be a second. So, like, managing that is a whole new thing for these coaches. Like, one, one coach, I, I asked about, I sent a text message to about 30 coaches. One coach said, everything around college basketball is more erratic. Why wouldn't we expect the players to be more erratic? Yeah. Talk about these upsets. And another coach just said, of a high major, very, very high-level program, said, 100%, absolutely, coach. Another guy just sent me back a bullseye. So I mean, there is. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not this old guy. I'll get off my lawn and again. No, I'm not that. I'm just saying, this is new, and 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 we're gonna have to figure out players, parents, everyone surrounding college basketball. You need to figure out how to manage it. Well, I think and look, that, and then the other question I was that, like, Memphis has been through that in the last few years with how, distractions. How would you if you if you got a new program today? How would you go about building a culture? Because to me, like that's actually one of the bigger questions is. You know, for better or worse, I'm having to, you know, I'm, I'm changing my roster every single year. And, like, to me, it's, it's I don't even know, like, how you build a foundation. Well, here, I, I think you do is you show, and this is the problem I think a lot of guys are having is, uh, you know, first you've got to understand you're the adult in the room. And yeah. how you build a foundation is you're not afraid to coach your team. Because uh, you show players you can help them get better, there's a better chance for them to, to, to want to stay, and and you got to spend a ton of time with them uh, away from the court. But you got to also got to understand that you're going to lose some guys. But the guy that says, "Well, you know, if I coach that guy really hard, you know, he might leave." Well, you know, if you don't coach him hard, you're not, he's not helping you win anyway. So what's the difference? So coach your team, spend time with them in the gym, all right, hold them accountable, make sure they understand the value of academics. Uh, like I, I'm a big believer in, and if, if you're, you're involved with NILs, collectives, here's first of all, collectives are pay for play. Let's call it what it is. Let's stop yes. calling collectives NIL. It's not NIL. What Charles, what the Abaddon, um, case was about was NIL because, you know, he was on the cover of a, of a video game. No, this is, this is pay for play. So number one, this is salary. Yes. 
all right, this is so eventually we need two year contracts and that'll help with the transfer portal. I mean, that's how you solve the transfer portal. But you know, what I would do is, all right, here's the deal. Collectives, everyone's getting X amount of money. That's it. Now, you, whatever you get on your NIL deal, that's fine. That's on you. But you know what? We're all going to be on the same page. Now that we've decided we're going to be on the same page in terms of what the collective's all about, all right? We're coming in here, and every day you're going to sign a contract with me. For this year, we're all going to be on the same page. We're going to pull in the same direction. At the end of this year, you know what? You might not like me, and I might not like you. But for this year, we're going to do this thing together. Yeah. And then we're all going to invest in each other. All right? Your investing equals your expectation. What's our expectation? What's our goal? All right. Can we do this together? So we're all going to invest this thing together and we're going to be in this thing together. And then, you know, you've got to treat, treat that way. You know what? You're going to lose games. Yeah. All right. Learn from it. Move on. Get to the next game. You, know, you always tell your players next play. Uh, my last year of coaching, I made a big mistake. I always, I really was a big believer in next play. My last year of coaching, we started four freshmen. I was so driven on getting those guys to play hard. I wasn't as good to get to the next play. Yeah. And I didn't spend enough time in my special situations or whatever I needed to do. So I think don't be afraid to coach your team. Coach your team. Have your non-negotiables and your core beliefs. Make sure everyone across the board is on the same page. Now, what guys get on their own in real NIL, you know, we can't control it. That's the way the real world works. But to think that we can control as a team, as a leader, as someone who's set the vision for our program, this is what I'm going to do. But here are things we're going to hold you accountable for. And, yeah, you, do, you need some returning players. There's no doubt about it. You need culture creators. But you also need a couple of guys on your team that are, to, are going to embrace a role and champion a role. And uh, you got to recruit some guys like that. So, you know, here's the deal. This is what I need you for. Coach and then those guys are stuck around, and now they, you got a couple of, culture, hopefully, culture creators in your program. Coach, always appreciative of your time. Thank you so much. All right, guys. Thank you. That is Seth Greenberg of Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission.